Welcome to Stories, the podcast. I'm your host, Sherry Augustine. This episode is brought to you by Fenton Augustine. Fenton Augustine's focus is on helping individuals, teams, and organizations with their professional development and workplace performance needs. Whether you're looking for leadership or other career development options, or trying to come up with practical solutions to drive workforce performance that leads to the achievement of your desired business results, Fenton Augustine is the organization to contact. What do you get when working with Fenton Augustine? You get expertise from consultants who have worked in and with organizations across the globe, supporting training, people development, and organizational development needs. This helps in understanding not just what works, but what's at stake. People stuff can be hard, so let Fenton Augustine help you achieve your goals and make life a little easier. Hey everyone, welcome to the first episode. A story of the 24-hour rule, or cooling off before responding. As a freshman in college, I was relatively new to email etiquette. Well, and email in general, given it was the early 2000s. I was also new to being in roles in which I led committees with upperclassmen reporting to me. When I was appointed head of a committee of 10 or so people for one organization, I wanted to do a great job. I wanted to reassure the organization that, while I was one of the younger members, I was capable and I was competent. I scheduled the committee's first meeting. I made sure everyone knew about it. I patted myself on the back for providing treats. And then I prepared for my committee members to show up ready to contribute. Eventually, one person on the committee trickled in, but only by accident. I wasn't even able to get through my agenda with such a poor turnout, so I called it. And I was furious. You know, I'd given them notice of the meeting. They had signed up voluntarily to be on the committee. And I brought treats! Treats people, that's a big deal. So, how dare they not show up to a meeting their leader called? So, emotionally charged, I returned to my room and I sent an email to my committee informing them about my disappointment and their lack of attendance at the meeting. I scolded them about their responsibilities, making a point that they are to show up when a meeting is scheduled that they commit to being there. Are you cringing yet? Because I am. Not five minutes later, one of the seniors on my committee, let's call her Jane, stormed through my door. She informed me that my email was out of line, and she demanded to know what right I had to send such a nasty email to the committee and to her. Now, there are a couple different ways to respond when someone comes at you like this. Fight or flight? At first, Jane's outburst put me on the defense, and I went into fight mode. How dare I? How dare you? My pride and my ego were on the line here, and I wasn't backing down. I'd come too far. So I puffed up, and I held my ground, asserting that she said she'd be at the meeting and was a no-show, as were others. I expressed we had important things to discuss. I defended my stance it wasn't okay for people not to show up to meetings. Jane very quickly put me in my place, making the point that if I had a problem with her, emailing her in front of others and making my concerns public was not appropriate. I recall a few other things she had to say about not taking any crap from a freshman and my immature response to the meeting's no-shows being proof of my lack of capabilities for the role I was in, which, you know, felt great. Listening to Jane yell at me, I, I just shrunk. Much to my pride's dismay, she wasn't wrong. And I felt so frustrated, I felt so hurt, and I was really, really embarrassed about my behavior. So in an attempt to prove myself and show what a great leader I was, I'd royally messed up. 
At that point, I just wanted to jump into flight mode and crawl into a hole, but technically Jane was blocking the door, so I did the next best thing. I just started crying. Seeing me break down brought out a softer side in Jane. I mean, who yells at someone when they're crying, right? So Jane toned down her delivery, as did I, when I finally got that crying under control, and then we were able to talk more calmly. We even ended things with Jane asking me for a hug, so total turnaround, right? Jane helped me to understand that while my feelings about the no-shows were valid, and while she appreciated that I wanted our committee to do a good job, I wasn't considering why people hadn't shown up. This was an early lesson for me on empathy, helping me to consider what other people are going through and giving them the benefit of the doubt. It turned out that Jane had learned very last minute about a surprise quiz in a difficult class she had. She felt she needed to skip the committee meeting to study, and this was also in the days before text messaging was a thing. Jane informed me of other very reasonable excuses for others on the committee that she knew of as well. She did acknowledge that everyone should try to remember to tell me if they had a conflict in the future, but ultimately, this helped me think more clearly about communication around meeting attendance, which would serve me time and time again throughout my professional and my personal life. This wasn't the last time people would fail to show up to a meeting I scheduled. Jane also helped me to understand that some modes of communication are best suited to specific types of communication. For example, email can be great when you want to provide information to people so they have key details for meetings, directions, status updates, etc. But communication that involves a difficult topic or people being upset is likely best handled face-to-face, or at least through a phone call. These modes allow you to gauge tone of voice and nonverbal communication cues which are important when you want to resolve an issue rather than escalate one. Finally, Jane gave me a good rule to live by, the 24-hour rule. This rule requires you to wait 24 hours before responding or acting upon something while you're in an emotional state, so you have time to cool off and then proceed with the best and most appropriate course of action. Jane was vulnerable enough with me to assure me that she'd been in similar situations before that day when she'd communicated with someone else while she was upset. She also acknowledged that she'd done so that very day by coming in hot to talk to me rather than calming down first. But I have to say, I admit I'm grateful that Jane did come in hot that day because it forced me to listen and really learn a difficult lesson quickly. In our conversation about the 24-hour rule, Jane helped me to understand that while it's important to be direct with people, there are appropriate and much less appropriate ways to communicate one's thoughts and feelings. Much like I'd just experienced, Jane assured me that communicating when upset in the past hadn't produced the best outcome for her or anyone else involved. Jane helped me to understand that great leaders are mindful about how they're communicating with others. Until that point, I'd been more singularly focused on what I was communicating. And let's be honest. I'd also considered my committee leader title to be a substitute for demonstrating actual leadership skills when communicating with others. By waiting 24 hours, you can calm down and think through the most productive path forward without emotions clouding your actions or words. The whole clearer heads prevail idea, if you will. Since that day, I can't promise that I've never communicated while emotional or that I've perfectly communicated with every committee or team I've ever led. But what I can confirm is that the 24-hour rule has really helped me to avoid a lot of problems over the years, both personally and professionally. So what do you do during that 24 hours when you get a frustrating email or hear about something that just makes your blood boil? In practical terms, 
I find that it helps me to draft an angry email or response in a Word document or notepad. This helps me to avoid accidentally sending the message. So I draft my message and then I walk away. Writing can be really therapeutic when you're upset, so it's not necessarily a bad thing to do it, although sending may not be the best idea. For me, writing is also incredibly helpful to organize my thoughts. By starting with a draft and then turning my focus to something else to clear my mind, this allows me to return to the message later and revise it so I can tone it down when I'm calmer and thinking more clearly. Sometimes I end up discarding my message or response altogether and just letting something go that doesn't truly warrant my response. Other times, I've calmed down enough to think logically and recognize that maybe a phone call or a Zoom call might be a better way to go. When you get out of the fight-or-flight response that arises when you're upset, and when you allow for some time to pass, your ability to think creatively and problem-solve improves, which are key here. Now, I know some people may push back on the 24-hour rule, saying it's sometimes not possible to wait a full 24 hours to reach out or to respond. I also recognize that when you're included in an email chain or a meeting and others start chiming in and escalating that issue, you may not feel it's possible or that it's appropriate to walk away, calm down, and then return to the subject with a clear head a full day later while things continue to escalate in your absence. This is where having some go-tos in your pocket can help. One go-to for me is to respond to the email or issue by explaining to those involved that it feels like the topic might be better suited for a call or a separate call or meeting. Then I suggest a day or time for the call that allows me to cool down and perhaps also address any prep work so I'm feeling more comfortable going into the discussion about a particular topic. I found this helps me to avoid a never-ending and possibly escalating email chain as well as a group of people who grow more and more upset. This go-to also helps others to understand that I care and I want to help with the resolution. More than once when I've used this technique, I've had people thank me one-on-one afterward. While people don't like more meetings and calls added to their days, I get it, I don't either. I've learned that they like unproductive meetings that go off the rails and those never-ending email chains even less. Another go-to if you're using email is to have a trusted and objective friend proof your message before you send it. My husband knows all about this one. It helps, though, because he can call me out and challenge me when he thinks I'm being too sensitive, too harsh, too indirect, and so on. I know he cares and that he has my best interest, which allows me to get past any criticism he offers without feeling personally attacked. And the bonus to this one is people often like when you come to them for their input. So you can sometimes support your relationships when confiding in and seeking counsel from others. Plus you avoid sending a harsh email that could get you into hot water, so win-win. If neither of these go-tos are possible, then at least pause for a minute or two to take some deep breaths and make an attempt to cool down. Learn your personal cues to help you recognize when you're upset so you don't communicate before even realizing that you were emotional. Consider having something at your desk you can look at that takes you out of that stressed-out, upset, fight-or-flight type reaction which leads to those angry emails and communications that you regret later on. May I suggest a cute child or puppy photo? Also consider putting a sticky note on your computer screen or or your computer monitor with these words. Emails get forwarded. Don't write what you wouldn't say to everyone. All of these tips have helped me more than once or twice when I wasn't able to wait that full 24 hours or when other go-tos weren't an option. And like everything else in life, practice does help. 
it helps us to hone our skill set at this, so repetition is key. Going back to my painful and embarrassing lesson, when you have someone call you out when you're wrong or provide that in-the-moment coaching like Jane fortunately did for me, thank them. Don't let your ego or pride get in the way here. Be grateful for the people who give it to you straight, even when their message or delivery is a tough pill to swallow. What I've learned over the years is most people aren't going to approach you directly with feedback like Jane did because confrontation is difficult and it's messy. More often, you find out much later on that someone was upset or learn about how people have received your message secondhand, if you ever hear about it at all. So immediate feedback is incredibly helpful in communication, leadership, and relationships so you can ensure you're putting your best foot forward. And finally, give yourself grace when you mess up. The mistakes that we make that feel the most painful are typically the ones we learn the most from. We all have times when we're overwhelmed or do or say things without thinking about all of the repercussions. That's part of being human. But it's best to try to learn from your mistakes and not repeat them. So acknowledge when you mess up and apologize. A genuine apology when you mess up isn't a sign of weakness. Plus, being vulnerable about what you're learning tends to make people want to work with you more, not less. Something that's helpful when calling that next meeting. In addition to helping you with custom solutions, Fenton Augustine is an authorized partner of Wiley to leverage and provide training for the Everything Disc suite of solutions. Everything Disc is a personal development learning experience. It measures preferences and tendencies based on the popular disc model. This simple yet powerful model describes four basic styles, D, I, S, and C. These four basic styles serve as the foundation for the Everything Disc application suite. Everything Disc participants receive personalized insights that deepen their understanding of self and others, making workplace interactions more enjoyable and effective. The result is a more engaged, collaborative workforce that can spark meaningful culture improvements in your organization, whether your workforce is remote, in the office, or somewhere in between. During the month of August, Fenton Augustine is accepting entries for a giveaway for a free Everything Disc profile and an accompanying hour-long debrief session with a certified DISC facilitator. To enter, go to FentonAugustine.com. A winner will be announced on our September 2nd podcast episode. In addition, throughout August and September, use promo code STORIES for 10% off shopping on FentonAugustine.com. This includes all everything DISC products, profiles, kits, and materials. (music) 